0: Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God. Faith, Contemporary Religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nikrita, the South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can always uh, text me on 0401 305. You can also email us at info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website faithfm.com.au. It's wonderful to be able to come together and um, tackle some of the big questions, but most of all to look in the Bible and find some answers. Uh, This week we start with the question, uh, is the new age uh, that new? And um, we learned that people are very interested to practice uh, things which are new, not even... Uh, going back to do the research to see if uh, whatever they are uh, um, involved in uh, is the real thing or the good thing. But uh, today I'm going to also um, approach uh, from a, a little bit a different uh, angle um, to see how Jesus responded to satanic attacks. <laughs> It's wonderful to be able to come together with you, David, again. This week uh, was a very interesting one to look at the subject of New Age. Mm. I mean, is the New Age uh, that new, as we ask uh, at the beginning of the week? Mm. And um, we are uh, looking in what we understand when we say uh, New Age uh, yes. movement. Mm. Now, I know also, David, that... Um, From a Christian organization, you are coming, uh, Family Voice Australia. Mm. How do you understand the reality of the spiritual forces?
1: Yes.
2: Well, Jesus said, you're either for me or against me, really. And that means that these non-Christian systems are really anti-Christian systems, and they are beholden to dark forces, to the devil and to his agents, and so as Christians we often make the mistake of of either assuming that the devil doesn't exist or he's not very powerful, mm-hmm. but in fact the scriptures say that he is like a lion roaming around looking for Christians to devour. So the devil must be taken very seriously and recognized as the force behind so many forces which are out there, so many influences, mm-hmm. which they, they're often regarded by Christians as being benign, but in fact if, if they're not Christ-honoring, then they are against the things of Christ.
0: Yeah. And uh, one of the things, you know, we looked uh, into during the week um, was, um, uh, you know, about channeling and uh, mediums, Mm. you know, how uh, people are uh, really interested in those things, you know, Mm. uh, paranormal and all, all those things. I mean, if Satan is working so hard even in the Christian mm. circles to say mm. so. Christians group. Now imagine how much more even in other sort of organizations which are dealing with with our spiritual being. Yes.
2: In the, in the early days of Christianity, the people of God were able to be delivered from their pagan background. They brought a lot of the stuff into the church, but gradually it was eliminated. But yes. now we're bringing it back in again uh, because we we have a church which is – which is being strongly influenced by by worldly forces And so we need to be right about our doctrine And right about our understanding of, of good and evil
0: Yeah, yeah uh, And David, how do you see those forces at work in the nations of the
2: world? Yes, yes We like to think that things are ticking along quite nicely In Australia and in Western nations But in fact there's a lot of very evil things going on ben- beneath the surface and one of them, of course, is abortion. Now, mm. I'm not here to hurt any woman listening that's been through abortion. Uh, I do want to say that a lot of women are coerced into something which is against conscience, against nature, against their will, mm-hmm. against the, the leading of the Spirit of God. And so we've got this terrible killing of unborn children. This is a very much a live issue in the South Australian Parliament, even as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and behind abortion is largely greed and selfishness and behind greed is idolatry, and behind idolatry is the, is the worship of demons. So there is a terrible, dark trajectory that we just don't like to speak about. Even in Christian circles, it's too hot to handle, but I'm just quoting to you, Nick, from the Scriptures, which I know that you uphold yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so behind greed is idolatry, and behind idolatry is the worship of demons. So we, we absolutely need to, to shake ourselves out of this spiritual stupor that we're in and recognize the darkness that's there and how greatly we need the light of Christ to shine
0: upon it. Yes. And I like how you put it David because we are not here to bash any particular person or mm-hmm. somebody who mm-hmm. may be in through things like uh, like this we were talking about but we want to expose, you know, yes. we want to really open the Bible and see what the Bible teaches about some of this uh, way of behave to That's say right. so. That's right. And and I'd like to ask you another question here. how do we combat the forces of darkness yes. in the community. Yes. Well abortion is a key one that needs to be dealt with
2: in the spiritual realm. We need a church which will come before God with tears and with repentance and with a great seeking of his leadership. Because these these things that are going wrong are happening under our watch. We're supposed to be salt and light. Mm. Uh, if there's sufficient salt, then rot will not occur. If there's sufficient light, darkness will be driven out. So Jesus warned hugely about those who would hide the light, and that's what we're doing as God's people, increasingly hiding the light, or that we would be salt that it's... It's losing its savour and it's fit only to be thrown out. So when these things happen under our watch, we need to examine our own conscience, mine, yours, our churches, as to where we stand before God. Are we being authentically salt and light in order to combat darkness? So uh, there's so much more we need to be doing as God's people.
0: Mm. Yes that's true. Uh, last week uh, we alluded to the um, you know coming of the Remembrance Day and yes. uh, just few days uh, now passed um, mm. and uh, that's that's another thing uh, also David talking about the Uh, influence and the forces of uh, evil at work and talking about war and the Mm. results of war. Mm. What would you like to say in this regard,
2: Yes, indeed. Well, this week, as I think I touched on briefly last week, it's the 80th anniversary of the first Big Ben Silent Minute. This is a wonderful prayer movement which emerged right at the beginning of the Second World War. Millions of Christians prayed every day. They sought God as they were girding their loins, shall we say, in the fight against totalitarianism. And after the war, a senior Nazi official was interrogated. Why is it you think that you lost the war? He was asked. He said, well, you had this secret weapon of prayer, which we could not combat. So this is the power of prayer. Uh, Throughout the Second World War, you see this, miracles of deliverance happening, when it looked like with our material abilities we had no hope, but God is bigger than our material realities. Mm -hmm. And he can transform uh, bread and fish, small amounts, into that which will f- feed a multitude. So we, yeah. we can never discount the value of prayer in the
0: spiritual battle that we're in. You mentioned about the Nazi's time, mm. the war machine, you know, which yes. has nothing to stay against that, you know. Yes. The only thing which we could stay against was, uh, was the Almighty God. That's right. And for them to acknowledge that, I, I believe that was very, very mm. powerful. Thank you very much, David, for um, sharing with us, coming together. And um, I really pray that uh, as you share with our listeners today, that we'll speak up, Mm -hmm. we'll um, lift up our voices and stand for the principles of the Bible, for the truth. And may not be popular. This is true. But we need to to be
2: faithful. It begins with prayer. And as we pray... We're not so much asking God to fix the problem, but we are dedicating ourselves to be his vessel to Mm. speak up. So in that way, Mm -hmm. we will have uh, an entirely changed civic culture, which is infused by the love of God and the wisdom of God.
0: May God bless uh, your ministry, David, and uh, looking forward to see you again. Thank you, Nick. And just taking a short break here, playing a song uh, with um, uh, Derry uh, called uh, All to Jesus. back. This is Fate FM uh, Drive Time QA. and uh, you are uh, here with Nick Rita, your host. But our co-host today is uh, Joel Slade. Joel is for the first time with us, uh, I believe, on uh, Drive Time, and at least with me to say so. Um, and Joel is really good to have you with us.
3: Yeah, thank you, Nick. It's great to be here with you in the studio, and this is my first time with you uh, on uh, Faith FM, which it's great to be here.
0: And Joel, now I know you you hold an office here with the Adventist Church in South Australia. You are the Youth Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Is that right?
3: Yeah, correct. So I've been working uh, in youth ministry here in South Australia. I oversee a uh, number and coordinate a number of uh, experiences for youth and young adults uh, to be better prepared. Um, in their lives and especially equipped with the, the Holy Spirit to be able to face the challenges that they will no doubt face. Mm,
0: and definitely the young ones, they are exposed to all sorts of uh, challenges oh, and certainly. as we talk during the week uh, about the new age and uh, is the new age that new? Uh, I remember uh, at the beginning talking to Joseph uh, and putting some basis of the new age, actually the some of the um, uh, beliefs and uh, you know uh, teachings of this uh, movement, uh, the New Age, actually came from far back in um, Babylon and uh, Egypt, and you know, that's not really new, even though we're talking about the New Age. But um, also during the week, we tackle a few questions like, does the Bible say anything about astrology, for example? And that's big in uh, in today's, uh, you know, in, in the society, and particularly young people also. Um another question was uh, what does the bible say about channeling and mediums very good question and we mentioned a bit earlier about that um, as uh, david uh, Uh, The Lima also um, share with us today and how should the Christian relate to the supernatural and we are talking about even films and gaming and all those things and the the young ones are exposed Joel and we need to find some um, answers Uh, and particularly we are going to look into the Bible uh, today and,
3: and that's a really exciting thing Nick is that the Bible does provide principles even though it was written thousands of years ago uh, to help us navigate the challenges that we are going through, and so even though uh, the challenges of the new age and the effects of the occult and different things on our lives today seem like they are new to us, uh, certainly the Bible provides principles, uh, even though it is an ancient book, mm. uh, to really tackle these principles. And so, yeah, uh, to tackle these challenges. And so, yes. I'm really excited to, to dive into it. Yeah. And and I'll
0: ask you a question, Joel, just to to put the. A bit of foundation here uh, for uh, our program today. Uh, How does Christ uh, deal with uh, the topic, you know, of, of Satan?
3: Mm. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting question, to be honest. Uh, how, do, how does Jesus, how does the Christ, how does the Messiah deal with uh, yeah, satanic attacks and that sort of thing? Because the truth is, if Jesus is our model, which the Bible says that he is, then he should be able to model for us how to deal with uh, spiritualism and, and satanic attacks, right? And so, the first thing I'd like to share with you is from John chapter 3, um, He he's having a conversation. Conversation here with a man about spiritual things. And this man, who is a religious leader um, at the time, is having trouble understanding that there is this spiritual realm and that he can access the spiritual realm. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and how everyone must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. And so as they are having this conversation, which seems like they are talking about different things at first, Jesus comes in and says, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water in the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In other words, you not only have to have a physical birth here on this earth, but there is also a spiritual birth that is necessary in order to enter the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So what he's doing here is setting up this idea that there is a contrast or a difference between the flesh and the spirit. And then he goes on to say, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And now he gives an illustration that's going to help us understand the very point that he is making. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit this is a really important thing for us to grasp here nick is the fact that jesus is saying that there is a spiritual realm and he uses an illustration from the physical world being the wind to illustrate the point that we don't know where the wind is coming from or where it is going. All we can do is see the effects thereof. And so this sets us up to understand that the spiritual realm can have impact on the physical realm. And we don't, we might not understand it. We may not be able to see the full thing, but we can certainly see the impacts thereof. And so I believe that just like Jesus illustrated using the wind, that the spiritual realm does in fact have impact on The physical realm, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we have to ask ourselves the question, what are the impacts that the spiritual realm is having on the physical? And so in order to answer this question, Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. This is in relation to Satan. He is talking about the motives behind satanic attack. is simple. It's threefold: to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy. Yes. So, so these are satanic attacks. Just to clarify in our minds, these satanic attacks have the purpose in our lives to destroy us. Yes. This is really important for us to understand because. So many of us today are thinking, well, there's so much going on in my life, and it seems like it just keeps getting worse and worse, or it seems like there's something that is actually against me. Mm -hmm. I can't see it, but I can certainly see the effects thereof, and the Bible actually says that yes, there are forces of evil that are seeking our demise, seeking to destroy us. And so, understanding this, now we have some context, when things are going wrong in our lives there is an an opportunity for us to take stock of what is happening and to say hey it seemed like everything was going one way it's now it's going another way i wonder if there is a spiritual intervention in my life and obviously the forces of evil are working against us. Mm-hmm. And so if you feel like there are forces working against you in your life, you you have evidence from Scripture to suggest that that is actually the case. And so I believe that that's why it's so important, Nick, for us to understand how Jesus dealt with these um, these interventions in his life or these spiritual attacks on him is because we are under attack we are under attack and and being under attack it's important for us to know what is available to us to be able to withstand these attacks
0: which means uh, joel you're telling me uh, there is no middle ground i mean you either are uh, under the power of the enemy to say so Mm. or you are uh, under the protection
3: Mm. of jesus
0: now i'll ask you i'll ask you this question if you don't mind joel Uh, who has power
3: Mm. Over the spiritual realm. Yeah, this is a really interesting question, and there's a number of allusions to this in scripture. Um, I'd, I'd like to draw your attention to, uh, Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four actually gives us some insight into what happened when Jesus was tempted, um, there in the wilderness, and it actually shows us that Jesus was in fact more powerful. And so there in Matthew chapter 4, it says that the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, this is Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8, and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. It goes on to say, and he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. So what Jesus is doing here. When he is under spiritual attack, or sorry, what Satan is doing here when he is attacking Jesus Mm. is saying that all of the world is his and he can give it to Jesus if all he does is worship him. Now, let's be honest here. If all of the world was truly Satan's, why is it that he would be willing to give it to Jesus? If he would just simply merely bow down and yeah, worship him. Yeah. Interesting.
0: He recognized so, a, a higher authority in, uh, in that,
3: you know, and exactly. challenging
0: Jesus on that. You're right, actually,
3: quite uh, quite cunningly. Yeah, very mm. nuanced, very nuanced. But, but you can see it there. And so here, here we see Jesus actually responds by saying, hey, I can't worship anyone but the Lord my God he he responds with this uh statement from scripture saying that he would never worship anyone but God very interestingly uh, again in mark chapter 4 mark chapter 4 jesus is in a boat and he is crossing over the sea of galilee with his disciples he is asleep there on the boat, and the disciples come to him and wake him up while this ferocious storm is taking place. The The, the boat is being beaten by the wind and the waves, and these experienced fishermen are getting ready to drown. Mm. They, They... Even though they've got plenty of experience out there on the ocean, they can see that this storm is unlike anything that they have faced before. And they are getting ready for, uh, to perish. And it says they go and wake him. And then it says this, this very pregnant question, this very powerful question that they come. Do you not care that we are perishing? Mm. They come to Jesus and seek to understand we thought There's an Mm -hmm. an allegation here. We thought that you cared, and if you cared, you would actually do something about the storm, right? If you actually cared, you would make the, the wind and the waves stop. And so Jesus stands up from his slumber, and it says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, notice he, he talks to the wind and the waves, he says, peace be still. But then he looks at them and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And it says that they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey Him. In other words, we are talking about authority here, aren't we, Nick? These individuals, these disciples have come face to face with one who has authority over the wind and the waves. Very interestingly, we're we're asking ourselves the question here, we're asking ourselves the question, what did Jesus do when under spiritual attack? And the, the, the thing that we're establishing now in our conversation is that Jesus actually had power. Not only over the elements, but then it goes on in Mark chapter 5 where Jesus is able to heal a demoniac, right? And so here we have not only uh, Mark is being quite uh, clever in setting up for us, he, he's taking us on a th- thought journey. Mark chapter 4, Jesus is in, cro- in control or has authority over the wind and the waves. But then in Mark chapter 5, Jesus actually has um, control over the demons mm, and the spiritual mm. realm. And so, we asked ourselves the question, who has spirit, uh, power over the spiritual realm? In the, According to this passage, Jesus certainly has power. And so, here the demons ask Jesus, hey, don't send us out. Yes. Don't send us out to a foreign land. And so, Jesus permits them to go. But notice who's doing the permitting. It's Jesus who is able to permit them, meaning that Jesus is the one that has authority mm, over yeah. the spiritual realm. Yes, And so now moving forward to Matthew chapter 4 again, we have this idea when Jesus is under attack um, by the devil that Jesus actually stands his ground. He knows that he is in a position of authority, even though he is being tempted after spending many days and nights in the wilderness fasting. Mm-hmm. He's at a weak point. He's at a low point. Jesus is still in control. Yes. He's still there. He still has authority and the devil is trying to usurp that authority. Can I share one more thing with sure. you on this point, Nick? Yes. I, I think this is incredible. If you if you will go to John chapter ten verses seventeen and eighteen, John chapter ten verses seventeen and eighteen. This passage is incredible. Uh, Jesus here, we just read uh, John ten and verse ten earlier. Jesus says, uh, "My father loves me." Because I lay down my life and that I may take it again. And, and here's another question of authority, right? If Jesus was in a position of authority, if he was so strong while he was here on this earth, the disciples themselves asked themselves this question why would he allow himself to mm. be uh, brutally beaten and, and um, spat on, mocked, and, mm. and utterly ashamed and disgraced in front of the, the Jews by the Romans? Why would Jesus allow this to take place if he was, in fact, um, more powerful than the wind and the waves? If he was more, in fact, powerful than the, the spiritual realm, why would Jesus subjugate himself to the Romans and to their authority? It says here, no one takes it from me in reference to my life, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Mm. Jesus is saying that not only is he in control of the wind and the waves, not only is he in control of the spiritual realm, he is in fact in control of himself.
0: Mm. Very very powerful actually because Mm. we're talking about here about the New Age movement and we're talking about how uh, uh, young people, and not only Mm. young people, are impacted by uh, all these things. And you know the um, uh, direction is Be yourself, you know, uh, believe in yourself, Mm. Uh, do whatever you believe is right. Mm. And a lot of people are seeking to to find that sort of support. Mm. Now, when Jesus said about himself that he has power Mm. to take or give, talking about his life here, Mm. imagine we are talking about God here. Mm. Now, when we are taking on ourselves that uh, kind of... um, uh, liberty to say so that you know what i don 't want to hear anything i don 't want to know anything from what I will govern my own life. actually, we are already walking on mm. a dangerous
3: uh field no it 's very true it's because very we true. we are dependent
0: yeah. you know i mean we are we are created beings mm. you know and when when we realize that, then we need to understand the one who created us and is sustaining us in all things mm. because the enemy of God and enemy of us all today, as you pointed out a bit earlier, he's not uh, at sleep. He's doing everything what he can to disturb, to destroy, to kill, to destroy you mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, And then we need to find protection. We cannot flee or escape this uh, kind of uh, attacks on our own uh, strength. Mm. We need to find support Mm. in the one who declared that I have power mm. to take or to give, and we're talking about here about Jesus
3: Christ. Yeah, that's it. And and so when we're when we're talking about these forces um, that that are at work here, Jesus is saying that He is in control of his, Himself. How many of us are controlled by our passions, mm. by our lust, mm. by mm. temptation, and so? Here we see that Jesus is actually showing Himself to be above these things, and so one of the challenges that we have, Nick, is that um, physical challenges need physical responses, right? We, if there, if there is hunger, we, it's really hard to fight hunger with uh, a spiritual <laughs> a, a spiritual um, weapon, if you will yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's really hard to um, yeah th- think of the, the the different things out there. so the, there's the, the physical, there's the emotional. Um, say for example, you you come to me and say, "Hey Joel, I'm really hungry. this is a physical reality, right? If you then try and start talking to me and, and dealing with that on an emotional level, this is going to be quite problematic for my stomach, right? <laughs> you can only go so far to help me. Um, yeah, a, a physical um, need has a physical response to it. And here we're talking about spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm. And therefore, I believe that us trying to respond with physical means, us trying to respond with natural means... Mm will not actually cut it when it comes to this type of warfare. And so what we actually need to understand is the nature of this warfare, which as we said before, the enemy is trying to destroy our lives. And so what we need to understand is, yes, these physical, uh, these sp- supernatural forces, sorry, are actually set up against us to ruin us. And so the question is, how how then can we how how then can we actually combat this? How mm. is it that we can actually move forward? But before we get to that, I'd love to just discuss one more thing with you, Nick, and that is what is the what is the end point of this spiritual war? Right. The uh, question. Where, yes, where's yes, it going to, yes, right? Yes. Because Jesus actually gives us some insight to to help us understand that we are actually working against here, that, that the foe that we have, the enemy... Um, of our souls is actually a defeated foe. Mm. He's actually already been defeated, and so what we have here is um, the the Bible uses the analogy of the snake um, or the symbol of the snake in reference to um, the <laughs> um, the yeah the enemy. And, and so if I step on a snake and I'm at war with him, I'm going to get bitten, right? Mm. And so here we have this idea that when we are fighting these spiritual battles, um, there, there is going to be some attack and there's going to be some casualties. And so we need to understand kind of where this is going. Where does the devil actually have the power to destroy us? I
0: mean, and, and as you, you, I believe you are going to move to a passage in the Bible there to support what you're just saying there. Um, and, but just to bring you back a little bit, uh, also, Uh, You know, when uh, we asked that question, why uh, was Jesus um, uh, or Satan, you know, even uh, 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 tempting Jesus with the whole world, everything like that, when he knew, he knew who Jesus is, you know, Mm. but he at that time, you know, because of our allegiance. To the evil one, because mm. of our sins, mm. we gave our allegiance to Satan, and he knew that that he has uh, uh, control, authority, if you like, here on this mm. Uh, mm. earth. Sure, but when Jesus, as you pointed out uh, briefly there, Jesus decided to give his life for us all to rescue us. Mm. I mean, he was defeated at that time. Now he was he's still here because now it's our turn to see. And to to prove how we uh, react to that great, great uh, offer, Mm. uh, which is, uh, you know, the the grace of God for us all. And uh, we we are in the middle of the world still. Satan is still uh, real Mm. and he will do everything what he can to destroy us, Mm. to take us away from the one who died for
3: us? That's it. And just, just to catch, um, maybe some people have just joined the conversation. We're talking here about spiritual warfare, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how Jesus responded to spiritual warfare. And so we see that he actually subjugated himself, he subjected himself to the ones that were looking to destroy him, showing that he had ultimate authority. He says that he was able to not only take up his life, but to lay down his life. He was in control. And so we, we might be asking ourselves, well, why would Jesus allow himself to be killed? He was showing us that he had ultimate authority over every force, even himself. Absolutely, and, and and so that gives us great hope in that Jesus is able to offer us just like He conquered, um, He conquered sin and death. He conquered uh, the 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 elements. He conquered the spiritual realms. He is also co- able to conquer our sinful hearts. He is able to able to um, really conquer that thing that is set up against God. The Bible talks about mm. us being enemies with God. Jesus reveals that he is able to conquer even the hardest of hearts and so the the question there as you as you put it, Nick, is how are we going to respond to this? Are yeah. we going to continue a, and just doing what we want to do whenever we want to do it, um, it or are we actually going to say hey god 's methods and um, god 's way of living is actually far beyond anything that I could ever do in and of myself, and so i 'm going to accept the resources that he has given me in order to live my life to the best of my ability mm. Yeah, Interesting. So so just to continue the conversation now, we're asking ourselves, what is the fate? What is the fate of these spiritual powers that are against us? And Jesus actually says in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, um, he's talking here about this group of people that have sided with the enemy, people that have made a conscious decision to walk away from God and to not to follow him and not um, subject themselves to Jesus and the way that he is um, looking to, to reign as an authority figure. And it says, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm. So, we see here that there is going to be an end point in the future. The scripture draws the line. Jesus draws the line and says, hey, they may have had some authority here on this earth for a period of time. But at some point in the future, and I believe this to be in the near future, Jesus is actually going to bring an account to their actions. Jesus is actually going to bring about a sense of justice. That Jesus is actually going to bring about, there is an end point, there is a finality. And so you may be under spiritual attack right now. You may be experiencing the the, the full throng of of the spiritual realm against you to Mm, destroy mm. you. I just want to give you a little encouragement here. Jesus has put an end date on this very experience. Jesus has said that th- there is actually an expiry date on what is taking place. And, and you've obviously stepped on the snake and it's not happy. But just so you know, it won't be, it won't be given authority much longer mm. over your life. And yep. so, just want to encourage you to hold tight on to Jesus, to continue to look to Jesus as that source of strength and and sustenance that you need um, in order to ward off the attacks of the devil. Mm. He goes on to say, um, because it's asking here, right? Like, who are these people that are cursed? Who are these people um, that are going to be thrown into this lake of fire? That sounds like pretty serious stuff. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then they will say to him, "Um, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he will say to them. Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Mm. This is a very interesting passage here, Nick. He's saying that there is a model for us to move forward, and that is that if we find ourselves as a part of the kingdom of God, If we want to be on Jesus' side in all of this, if we want Jesus to reign as an authority over our lives, one of the ways that we will see that, because remember Jesus' illustration with the wind, right? We can see the effects of it, but we can't see it. And so you can ask yourself the question, hey, is Jesus actually Lord of my life? Yeah. Is Jesus in control of what is happening in my situation? And one of the ways that we can understand whether or not Jesus is actually Lord and authority in our lives, if he is in that position of lordship, is actually to ask ourselves, do we care about those around us that are downtrodden? Do we actually care about those that that are having a less than ideal experience Do we actually care about the strangers? Do we care about those that are in need? Do Mm. we care about the sick? Mm. Jesus is saying that, hey, if you're on my side in all of this, that's going to be the way that you'll know. And so, a lot of people have kind of read this and said, all right, well, that means I just need to visit the sick as much as I can. I need to do whatever I can for all of these people. And then they go out and start to provide for all of these needs that they see around them. One of the Again, the challenge there is, do we have the resources? If Jesus is saying that, hey, this is something that's taking place in the spiritual realm, there's a spiritual answer to what is happening here. Do we have the natural resources available to us to actually meet all of those needs? Yeah. The argument is no. Again, this is a spiritual problem that Jesus has put forward to us, and that demands a spiritual response. Mm-hmm. And so just like when we're in this spiritual battle and and um we we are overcome by the and overwhelmed by the attacks of the enemy we find that we don't have the resources to respond and therefore we need to draw on a higher power we need to tap into something that is more than us and Jesus says that he is able to give us the resources that we need to fight these battles. He is able to give us the resources that we need to provide for those in need. He is able to give us the resources to be able to um, help the sick, to help those that are um, hungry and to, to, to care for those in yeah, prison. Yeah, and I
0: think uh, Joel here you, you raise up uh, a very interesting thing here that uh, I know lots of people will uh, believe about themselves. They are Quite well, self-sufficient. Um, they can uh, do whatever they like in life. I believe that it's very important to learn from Jesus, who's the one who provides, the one who defeated the enemy, uh, as you pointed out. And um, uh, we we can learn from him and apply in our uh, lives. Now, in terms of um, making clear today that there are a lots of people not having an experience with jesus and still very good honest people Mm, for sure you know for sure but you have to keep in mind this that the enemy will not leave you alone uh, uh, just living a nice uh, beautiful life he Mm. will tempt you in various ways and if you are not on god's side you will be on the enemy's Mm. side
3: Nick, I'll show you with you a little secret into my own life, a little insight into my own life, and that is the fact that when, when I sense that I am under spiritual attack, it's not always spiritual, right? Mm. There, there may be things out there that it just it's just a bad day, you know mm. what I mean? The circumstances get the better of me and whatever else. I'm not talking about those situations where when people or corporations or whatever it might be, institutions, have set themselves against me mm. and against the work of God – because as a minister i 've set i 've committed my life to to fulfilling god 's will in my life right yeah. and so so whatever God wants of me, I, I want to do it, yeah, and, and so when I sense that there is resistance more so than just what would be naturally expected, when there is supernatural resistance. I can see that, hey, I'm actually doing something of benefit. All right. I'm on the right track. In other words, what I'm saying is, hey, when I'm doing things and getting no resistance – Maybe I haven't even stepped on the snake. Maybe I haven't even done what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I'm not saying here that we go out and look for trouble. I'm not saying that we try and get the enemy to ramp up these attacks by any means. It will come. (laughs) We we, we know this from experience, right? But what I am saying is those moments in our life when we understand that, hey, there is an increased level of spiritual activity. There is an increased um, in the spiritual attack. I'm feeling overwhelmed more so than what I normally do. Um, we can see that. Hey, maybe it's because I'm doing something of value. yeah nah, maybe. that's right. Yeah, that's may- right. May- maybe there's something to gain mm-hmm. from the energy that I'm putting in. Maybe this discouragement is actually meant to turn me away from the very purpose that I'm here. Mm-hmm. And-, and so I believe that in these moments it is time to draw nearer to Jesus and to ask Him to to give Him more, uh, to give you more of His Spirit to be able to ward off the attacks of the enemy. And can, can we deal with some of the ways that Scripture? <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. I was
0: going to uh, come um, uh, to that, but I just want to give an offer to our listeners uh, today. It's uh, a free giveaway. And uh, I'd like to mention that this time we are giving a Bible, a brand new Bible Mm. with a um, set of Bible studies by Mark Finley. Uh, and some of these things which we just uh, touch on, uh, you can uh, study more in depth mm. in your own time. If you like to get that uh, New King James Bible with uh, Finley Helps, uh, please send us an SMS on 401 or uh, visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Also, you can write an email, info at faithfm.com.au. dot au.
3: Nick, I believe that this is imperative for anyone that feels like they're under spiritual attack right mm-hmm. now. Just like in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus responds with scripture, I believe that there are principles and even weapons um, that scripture has for us to use in the spiritual realm to fight off the attacks of the enemy. And so that offer of a Bible in a time like this is very imperative. And we need to equip mm.
0: with the right uh, weapon as That's you just said. That's it.
3: That's, uh, it. That's absolutely. It. And so yeah, look, if you don't have access to Scripture, um, yeah, certainly that's a great offer, and the the Bible study guides uh, Mm. that come with it help us to to really understand and get the most out of Scripture. So, yeah, certainly can recommend that. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare, notice this, Paul, who is writing to the Corinthians, he he doesn't say, hey, guys, just so you know, you might need um, some weapons or that... He's saying, no, 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 no. you're in a war and these are the weapons, right? He's not apologetic or anything Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that. He doesn't dance around it. He's just saying, hey, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's what I was saying before. A spiritual attack demands a spiritual response. And so here he says, That the weapons are not carnal. In other words, you don't need to just, you don't, you can't go to the gym in order to develop the muscles that you need to ward off the attacks of the enemy. Mm -hmm. There have been, I, I know several people that have had physical manifestations of restraint on them. Um, Yes, uh, I heard about that too. In in different times of their life. and um, It's not a matter for us to try and overpower the enemy with physical force alone, right? Even if there is a physical attack against us, our physical being is not enough to ward off the attacks of the enemy. So, the question is, what is strong enough to ward off the attacks of the enemy? He goes on to say, The weapons are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is very interesting, Nick. It gives us a lot of insight into the spiritual realm that there are forces that have set themselves up to discredit God to turn people away from God and even to cause a shadow of a doubt over God so that we don't trust Him and we don't want to follow Him. And so we can see evidence of this, right? We we just had an interview before talking about legislation and different things that are set up in Parliament that actually uh, is leading people away from or even uh, causing doubt over the principles that God has set in, yeah. in Scripture. And so here we see that Um, The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. There's something very interesting in here. And it says, casting down arguments. So, in order for us to understand what the the type of warfare that we are engaged in, it is one of argumentation. We see that the devil in the beginning, it, it reveals this in Revelation chapter 12, it shows us there were there was actually war in heaven and that the nature of that war nick I'm not sure if you are aware of this I'm sure as a bible student you you are that 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 the nature of that war was actually one of accusation mm. it was actually a war of words Um, the the root word there for for war is actually comes back to to politics or polemos is the root word of yeah, politics yeah. and so here we see that the nature of the um the, the weapons that the devil is bringing against us is actually, it's a mental war. He is seeking to use arguments against us that are going to destroy us. And, Nick, I don't know if you've ever questioned yourself before. I don't know if you've ever been going engaged in a project that you believe that you, you are passionate about and that God put on your heart. And then you start to get all of this doubt, right? Hmm well, I don't really think that I'm capable of doing this. I don't really think that I'm equipped to do this. I don't actually know if I've got what it takes to engage in this. Maybe for, for those um, that, that are struggling in their marriage right now, maybe the devil's coming to you and using these arguments saying, hey, just give up. Yes. Just give up. This is way too hard. The things that she or he is doing or saying is too much for you. Just give up. Maybe it's someone that is at work and they believe in what they're doing and God actually led them to that workplace to be a light um, on top of the hill. But but the devil is actually coming in and saying, hey, you, you don't need to put up with the things that your boss is doing. You don't need to put up with these challenges. There's these arguments that are brought against us. And if we don't know what Scripture says, we will actually believe the lies that the devil is bringing against us. And so, I believe that it is imperative for us, Nick, to actually engage with Scripture to understand the truth as it is in Jesus. Because the truth, according to our experience, may lead us in a path we don't want to go. But I believe that as the spiritual war, that as we are engage, engaged in spiritual war, that the that God is actually trying to give us, arm us with truth in order to fight off these accusations and arguments that the devil is bringing against us.
0: Absolutely. And as you said, uh, Joel, uh, when you are uh, giving yourself to God, uh, uh, God will provide, even though challenges will come across. And uh, as you mentioned, it just raises, uh, into my uh, mind, uh, lots of uh, question I had myself when God called me, even to do a um, uh, ministry like this. A broadcast uh, was not my uh, in my in my mind, you know, not uh, having um, a, a solid uh, base on on the language I speak here, you know, and uh, all the technology you have to use, and you know, even before we uh, we uh, come on air lots of uh, obstructions there with technology and the enemy will work out everything possible to make our life um, as difficult as possible Mm. but we have the promise that God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Mm. And that's the most important thing to keep in mind, uh, Joel. Yep. And um, I'd like to just encourage our listeners to keep uh, sending us messages. I Some messages coming through already uh, for the, um, the giveaway, the Bible. And uh, please uh, send uh, your um, name and uh, details where we can... Uh, uh, post uh, this or even deliver it to your place. If you live here in Adelaide, in South Australia, I'll make sure that this book will be delivered to your door um, free of charge, no obligation. Keep uh, sending our uh, your SMS to 401 305077 and you'll uh, have a Bible, a New King James Bible with a set of studies along.
3: Nick, in order to respond to spiritual attack, we need the spiritual weapons that God is able to provide. and so yeah, Would you great. be able, Joel, just to close with a short prayer for us, please? Yeah, let's do that. Dear Heavenly Father, we believe that you are strong, that you are mighty, that you are above and beyond the challenges and the, the struggles that we are facing even today. And so we pray, Father, that you would give us an extra portion of your spirit to deal with the demands, a spiritual response, Father. May you intervene in our lives in a divine way Mm. to the challenges as a response to to the attacks that the the enemy has laid out for us. Father, I want to claim uh, the promises of scripture that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you won't abandon us in the midst of these spiritual attacks, even when we feel low, even when we feel isolated, even when we feel alone. Mm. Father, you are there and so we pray that truth would reign over all of our listeners, over everyone that is seeking you, that truth would be evident and that, that the enemy's attacks, the lies and the accusations that he brings against us would fall by the wayside as we claim the truth as it is in Jesus. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining Rick, Nick Rita and uh, Joel Slade today on our program. Please uh, join us again uh, when we are going to ask, uh, why does the Bible contain so much uh, violence? Until then, may God richly bless you. And uh, don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus. I will leave you with a song I Need Jesus
4: In this world there is trouble But you bring peace I find it on my face Yeah, on my knees in my darkest of hours, I will call your name. When I'm weary and broken, in my weakness I will pray. I need Jesus. I need a real love. I don't need another fancy thing. What I
1: need is you.
4: The mountains in the highest place on my greatest of days, yeah. Oh, it's all grace when my joy is overwhelming. Still, I call your name, staying desperate for you, Lord. I will sing it out again. I need you.